last week on Behind the Meat Curtains. This is more of like a support for people that were in the industry. It's been 224 days since my last strip club experience. It was too scandalous at the dance clubs downtown, so you decided to jump ship and go to a strip club. My ex-wife was notorious for breaking noses. She never stopped lactating. I'm going to kick you out and I'm never going to see you again. She wanted to do a knife show on stage. People on drugs and alcohol and fucked up and like... Oh crap, I'm a fetish guy now. Yeah, right? (laughs) Show me your feet. And now, the exciting conclusion of the Bouncer episode. When he stood up, it's like, sure enough, he's he's on a hot streak, you know? But he wouldn't admit that it had happened. He was very inebriated and was just insistent, no... That's not the case. I don't have to go anywhere. I haven't done anything wrong. Like, he's arguing with us about the literal shit that we can see in his pants. And us asking him just like, hey, man, like, don't you want to go, like, change? Don't you, like... Do you want to go home and die right now? And then he started arguing with the manager at that time about how it was discrimination because we were kicking him out uh, for not being able to get to the bathroom fast enough. And I was like, that's... mm, That doesn't really feel... That's right, think, folks. I don't think Strip you clubs. understand what prejudice yeah. is. Strip clubs, all sexy, context. all the time. Well, it's like, yeah. it's like, do you really want to have a lawsuit like publicized about you shitting your pants? Get I like if I shit my pants in a public place, I would be gone so I feel the best. bouncer <laughs> shame me for shitting my pants well, in the like, strip club. I'd yeah. like to sue we for were, $2 million, we were, dollars, we were please. discriminating <laughs> against him for being not able-bodied enough to get to the bathroom in time. Well, like, like, first of all, you're standing up just fine. You're just hammered, you idiot. It's like JP... Oh, when yeah. JP no started, JP is <laughs> like, JP's a big boy, you he know? Is huge. And we get in a fight with these guys out front. Oh, God. And this guy's running his mouth to JP and talking trash and stuff. And they end up getting into it. And JP lands on this guy on top of him in this little scuffle. And the guy shits his pants. <laughs> and then he gets he up and he decides to like start talking more trash. And JP's like, How can you talk trash when you just shit yourself? And his buddies couldn't hold it back anymore, and were laughing so fucking hard that his buddy, that their buddy, had just crapped his pants because a giant bouncer fell on him, and he couldn't, oh he couldn't God. hold it in. And I thought, man, that's just got to be, that's just got to add insult to injury right there. <laughs> that's a common, like that's a common thing though, where people will obviously be in the wrong to such a, a. This is what I could never get my head around: was people who were so obviously out of the line of decorum for any reasonable social situation and just refuse to admit it. Like they still had the ego. They still had the, the, the balls to be like, no, I'm, you can't kick me out. You can't. I'm like, first of oh, all, that sucks. I'm sorry. first of all, weight classes exist for a reason. I can. Uh, second of all, it's my job to third of all, every place ever in the history of places has rules. And if you don't follow them, you don't get to be there. Like that's, that's not, it, it, it was mind-boggling to have to explain to adult human beings. Yeah, I mean, putting yeah. myself in the position of being a customer sitting there, shitting myself, the only thing I would be thinking is, how do I get to that exit door without anybody knowing? <laughs> how do right? I get the fuck out of this place? <laughs> how right. do I get out of this situation? But he picked a fight. Like, you know what? I'm going to argue with someone right. about whether or not I smell you like shit. And it. how do I get here in my life? Yeah. <laughs> this is a moment for self-reflection yes. Go home, think Boy, I've made life. some poor decisions in my life oh, But this boy. was one of the worst ones <laughs> Oh, boy Yeah, and then said, said guy in the wheelchair comes back in another night And he goes to leave 
and he asks Steve to help him into his vehicle. So as Steve helps him into the vehicle, he lets loose a, he another big old growler. On my arm as I <laughs> as I helped him in the vehicle. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> oh, so Steve, he's a two-timer. He's a two-timer. He's cra- he's crapped on a couple it people didn't there. Come through. It was apparently he had two layers. We were safe. <laughs> Things were good. I don't know. That kind of sounds that... like revenge to me. That sounds like he was playing chess. <laughs> it's yeah. possible. It's possible. Uh, that's when you guys had to wear those white monkey suits. Yes. 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 They were white with a black vest and a black bow tie. That, that was, that so was how I knew it didn't get through because my shirt stayed white. Oh, <laughs> I am so glad that I just got to wear like black Carhartt stuff. Yeah. That is like that is a much better situation <laughs> than having to wear dress clothes. Well, that yeah. is really a different picture than yeah, but what's on the surface. Yeah, but blood like, out of it pretty quick, so you're good. The yeah. glamour that you try to portray and... <laughs> Those are the layers. The shit show the behind it. The layers of the onion. The Excuse me, did you actually use the word glamour for a strip club? <laughs> well, that's... Really? That is what is trying to be sold, right? Like this... this um, glamour and glitter? Yeah. Okay. The glitters, the glitters on the butthole. Well, correct me. What glitter. Do you, what? Yep. Glitter. Well, you, you do no. realize that glitter is the herpes of the arts and crafts industry. You Once you get, get it, you never shit. get rid of it. Do you realize that glitter and strippers have ruined more marriages? I'm sure that that's true. <laughs> I would like to see a statistic. Like, There's got to be one papers. out there for the amount of for the amount of times glitter has destroyed a relationship. No, no, I was only playing golf with the guys. I swear, honey. We didn't go to a strip club. Yeah. And why We're do playing you look, glitter golf. And why do you look like a vampire in Twilight right now? Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, well, I was going to ask you, Steve. You said you had a couple I've seen it all moments, but then you just talked about how you got almost shit on your arm. So I'm sure. That's one. That, that's one. Do you have any more? It's I like to win. When Steve, we get in this fight, right, with these guys. We get in this fight, and Steve's wearing his kilt. Oh, I remember this. And this guy decides he's on the on the ground, and Steve's over the top of him, and the guy decides to use Steve's testicles as a fucking punching bag and starts oh. fucking socking him in the nuts like like it's a speed bag or something. And I but, thought, but, man, that's got that's got to suck. <laughs> I thought, he oh, because you had no panties on, right? Well, yeah, it's of course. One thing you find under my kilt is boots and socks, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently balls. Yeah. Honestly, well, access... I'm old. They hang a little lower now. I'm over fifty, so honestly, access to some airflow in that environment would be nice. That's, that sounds refreshing. Airflow is refreshing in that yeah. environment. It gets real swampy in there. Good to know. <laughs> Not just the dancers. <laughs> I don't know if I asked you about it. I don't know which direction we should go, but. Um... Well, How was your transition? Society, well, well, you, you can go any direction you want. You can transition any way you want now. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> what was I going to... Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> so I forgot why you actually left, Steve. Uh, basically, certifi- certification expired and just it was just time. Just moved on. Because you were there for how long? About eight years. About that. Okay. Um, how was your transition back into the normal world? I still have problems with it. One of the biggest things I have problems with is with women and when that to know when they're hitting on me because in that industry, whenever they want something from you, they get all cutesy and romantic and give you the eyes and flirt with you. And so now when a girl flirts with me, I have no clue because I just ignore it. You just assume they want something. 
hundred percent. Do you have something to say about that? Or oh, no, just... I didn't have that problem because I was very oblivious before I took that job. So that actually, I think, helped me in that environment. I didn't know when they were trying to get <laughs> yeah, one over on me because it just didn't register. Something, did you know? No. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was as soon as like I became... Like home early. As soon as I became the manager, and I had like three shirts and two pairs of pants that I wore all the fucking time, and I was wearing those same that same thing and the night i got announced as manager one of the dancers who was usually very standoffish to me came up and was like oh my god is that a new shirt i love your shirt and i was like oh i know you want something because this is the same fucking shirt i was wearing for the last three days like <laughs> what <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. that was obvious <laughs> enough you look you know? like you've lost you look like you've lost weight <laughs> yeah actually i gained fucking 20 pounds bitch if someone gives you a compliment in that environment, don't trust. But transitioning out, I think actually uh, Steve and I were talking about this earlier before we started recording. Um, that it does, like, especially I think in a, a kind of smaller town, comparatively, uh, it it definitely made me a lot more apprehensive about going out in general. Like the concept of going out to bars I used to love is much less enticing now. The first time I walked into a bar after working way too much at the club, it was loud. There was all kinds of drunk assholes doing drunk asshole stuff. And my brain was like, I'm not getting paid to deal with this right now. It was not interesting. And then someone was like, hey, I know you. You work at the club. And instantly I was like, I don't want to. I don't, I don't really want to have this conversation. I don't want to talk to people. Like, I definitely don't enjoy the public aspect any longer nearly as much as I used to. Do um, any of you have any post club times where you were recognized and thought, God, I wish I wasn't being recognized right now. Every single time I go to see a band or I get a night off or go to a club, it's always people who know me. I can't hang, just hang out with the people I'm with. Yeah. The world wants to come over and say hi. Oh, I know you from here. I saw you there. You used to work here. I'm like, I did, but I'm with these people tonight. <laughs> it's always and that the, person. You threw me out of so and so, and it's like the one. No, I watched the bouncers throw you out. I was <laughs> yeah. just a witness. I didn't that's, throw you out. That's the one. Is dudes yeah. dudes who you kicked out will recognize you. Yeah, and they Every still take time. it personally, and they wanna they wanna come talk to you about it. That that happens to me periodically. And I'm like, here's the critical mistake you're making, man, is I was professionally representing a business the last time we had this interaction. And now there's no consequence for me doing what taking I want care to of you. your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you I were imagine, protected by my job before. I would imagine somewhere between 99 and 100% of the time, you don't even recognize them. No. It was an event for them, not. and it was just another it night was some big-ass thing for them. They work. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I have no idea who this human is. Like, when I go down to 7 to visit Meg, every time I wind up solving problems for her bouncers when I go down <laughs> there. Oh, yeah. Seven's worth it. Way worse. I just go to see Meg and she'll... Will you please deal with this? Because my bouncers can't seem to get it done. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) And go deal it and go back and get a drink. Do you have your PTSD moments and, like, flashbacks of working at the club? Depends upon who I meet and who she (laughs) is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there are some people that I've been scarred for life from that I will actually run and cry in a 
curl up and cry in a corner someplace just from seeing him again. <laughs> it really it just changes you on how you look at women because you've seen the inner workings and the worst side of women because they don't hold back when they work with you there. You're you're just somebody they're working with. You're like a you know th- there's no there's no like film over it, you know. There's no trying to look pretty about stuff. So you see the worst workings of women and know the true the true creature inside. I re- and so it changes you on how you perceive or look at a lot of women and you know that that's not really who that person is. They're that's just a fake because there's somebody underneath there that's probably you know really scandalous or who knows what. That Steaming. is, yeah, that, yeah. I that mean, like you've seen, you've seen girls do some of the most, just the most awful things that you never see in a normal setting, and so it, it it plays out once you get out of there. You see, you just look at women in a different there, view. It's also a different breed of woman that works there, and so you're really? most likely just jaded. <laughs> I'm sure there's a stripper in all of us, but yeah. <laughs> No, I that really, on one of our I shirts. Really There's a stripper in all of us. I, I, I you really have a stripper hiding inside you? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you hung out uh, with me? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'll, I'll give you that. But that, you, that trust in any kind of, uh, any kind of, like goodness of ma- goodness of man, like mankind, humanity, that that goes away. You know, you see what people are capable of, and it's all across the board, like. You know, the worst customers weren't always dressed the same way. They weren't the same looking person. They weren't the same type of person. It, it was all, all walks of the socioeconomic, sociopolitical spectrum. And you just never really look at anyone the same again. Because you don't know. You don't know who they are. Yeah. Just, just add alcohol. Yeah. And boobs. Yeah. 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 And- strip away a couple layers of, of social normativity. And you have no idea who anyone is, so it's definitely tough to. And window, get rid of the windows too. Yeah. The a concept of normal star. people is a fucking lie. Like working in that place radically changed my idea about what professional conduct meant. <laughs> uh, and dealing with the customers made me suspicious of just every other human on the planet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like. You just you see the worst side of everyone. I said, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like like I'm singling out the strippers because we had plenty on this show, and and it, it takes all kinds. It's the thing that comes up a lot. But it's um, but it's what it's it's amazing what somebody will do for money. Yeah. It's amazing the levels that somebody would go for money. Yeah, and there's also a level of desperation in that place, right? Because it's one of the few environments where you go to work and you're competing with everybody else. Like you are, you are just selling yourself all night and it is a zero sum game. If they're not giving it to you, they're giving it to someone else. So you have to get there first and be on top of it. I like what you said though. You said someone to the desperate, like, and that's kind of because my exit out of the club was because of violent people. I had my jaw broke, wired shut, I had a gun put in my face. And then I ended up having my fourth and fifth brain surgery. And that was all surrounding violence that was happening at the club because of gang members, pimps, all sorts of craziness that just was going down pretty fast. So in my experience, yeah, crazy girls, but it was more crazy people like all the way around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was, it was definitely not just the girls. Yeah. The, the, the 
staff, dancers, like the, the co-workers were more stressful while I was working there. But I was also in a management capacity like an idiot where I was responsible for their insanity. Uh, after the transition out was made harder by the customers, seeing what the customers do. That's what that's what still kind of lurks in my head now. You know, I'm not worried about what dancers are doing. If I'm out in a public place and someone tells me that they're a stripper, I will expect them to be nuts and I will be unsurprised. But, uh, you know, like, that's fine. Okay, I get why you're that way. But it's it's the it's the looking sideways at other people like is this guy is this guy going to cause a problem now and it's crazy how much again as an outside observer watching people and and seeing like the gall that like you can be told don't do this thing and you're you're a person that's as a customer like just thinking about specific customers you're you're not going to get away with it like you know you're a smaller guy and you're literally at a stage and just crossing the line over and over and over again. Where, what is going through your head right now? The <laughs> goddamn audacity. Yeah. That stripper likes me. That's what's oh going God. through his head. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. amount of dudes who are like, no, dude, she, she's into me. You fool. You fool. Can I get a piece of paper and a pen? They always ask me that. I'm like, oh, can you give this to, you know, Trinity at the end of the oh, night? She was man. asking for my so number. Bummed. When I left, uh, I had been saving whenever I found like napkins or something or post-it notes with dudes' phone numbers on them. I had been saving those. I didn't know what I was going to do with them. Maybe just like like paint the bathrooms and shitty other bars in town with them. I don't know. But I left it when I quit and it got thrown away. Aww. It was just like a big pile of... Uh, dumb drunken hormonally optimistic men's phone numbers who thought the stripper liked them and i'm disappointed i missed the opportunity to do something fun with all that i wish i had the optimism in everyday life as the hormonally optimistic yeah well actually when i used to get their business cards and their phone numbers i used to take them over to imagine that and put them up on the wall in the men's bathroom that's so good (laughs) <laughs> and I would just leave them there. The yeah. guys that left their phone numbers for the strippers, I just put them up on the men's room wall over to imagine that. Is, that. that is the ultimate I, like for a good time. Call can I just friend. say the opposite of this for a second? Because this has sparked my curiosity the same as dude sending dick pics. Okay, we all <laughs> we all understand like that doesn't work. But obviously, it worked at one point, right? Or yeah, guys, numbers whatever. came, right? Right. So, so I just got to say, hundred knows and a yes is still yeah, a yes. So it's I just have to say for enough. all my drunken idiot friends giving numbers out. If you're shooting your shot, fuck it, right? 100 to 1. I mean, I, a stripper has gone home and fucked a customer at some point, or they wouldn't be doing it. It's oh, just that's people, 100% correct. People in general, like, they will say the most disgusting thing to you. Like, guys will come up and say shit to the bartenders and be like, oh, I want to, like, what are you doing after this? Like, I want to, like, lick your pussy or something. I'm like, or they'll be like, you know, you used to want to fuck me and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, has this ever worked on anyone? And that's, like, my response. I'm like, does this ever work? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I bet it has. Because that's the only reason at your age why you would be saying this to a complete stranger. So or start telling girls to stop hun- fucking saying yes to that shit. Uh-huh. God damn it. You're screwing it up that's for the, the rest of us. I Have you it. met my coworkers? I do a whole podcast on them. I said it, I said it before when I was on here, I think, where it like comes down to one of those things where the, the hardest part is that really in most situations, no one's right. Like everyone's wrong. It's more likely that everyone's wrong than anyone's right. 
And when it comes to that kind of behavior, yeah, like there are definitely like for every dude who's come in and it's so obvious that they're not going to get anywhere, but they so think they are. And it's hilarious. There is some guy who comes in and that does work for. And then he goes and tells all his friends and it lives in the the mythos of the male mind, you know, and that's why all the other guys. Yeah, And that story that goes out where he told all his friends, I'm sure it's. 100% 100% factually Absolutely. Accurate. <laughs> I have heard customers say some wild Not shit. embellished at all. She was the hottest girl there. Hottest dancer there. Took Absolutely. her home. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I give her any money. One of the first nights I was working, there was a group of dudes. Some guy went and got a lap dance, and he just he got one dance. He sat there, very well behaved, with his hands at his side. It's like some 20-something dude there with a few of his friends. And when he went back out to his table where his friends were, they're all like, oh, yeah, bro, how was it? ha <laughs> ha and he was like, yeah, dude, she gave me, like, the sloppiest top ever, bro. It was so sick. And I was like, no, that didn't happen. You sat there, like, I didn't even have to talk to you because you were scared of her. <laughs> like, absolutely not. There. But his buddies were willing to buy that story 100%. Like, you know, it, people say stupid shit. Oh, a Spaniard has to go cook himself dinner. <laughs> <laughs> And feed I gotta his go to work. And feed his cat. He has to give his cat some love. No, that's what I have to do after this. Yeah. Oh, he's a cat guy too. Absolutely. Respect. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so do you live with the cat or does the cat let you live with it? <laughs> he's kind of a freeloader, but... Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Spaniard. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Good to see you, You guys Spaniard. have a good time. We only have a few more minutes. Um, one of the other questions I had here, and I don't know if you guys will have the stories for it or not, but um, do you have any interesting interactions instead of with customers, but with the strippers, the entertainers? <laughs> I have none in that realm. I stayed as far away from that as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant uh, professionally as much as anything else. Again, I stayed away from that outside the club as much as humanly possible. Yeah. Every once in a while, if the price was right, I would do a private show as long as the, it was clear they weren't going to have sex. Because I won't, I won't work something like that. I won't do something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I heard that you would, like, go across the street. Like, you would, like, park across the street if the girls needed you for the yeah. private shows. Yeah. Or, or, like, a lot of times I would be in the living room. They would be in the back room doing it. So if she needed me, she just had to yell for me, and I would come in. Okay. And I, try, I tried to keep... <clears throat> loosely the same rules that were in the club yeah uh, just because i didn't want to get involved with the sex thing i'm like no i don't even want to do that yeah well <laughs> ian we already heard ian's story about dating a stripper so you did, uh, dated, you dated strippers and oh, yeah. reno with strippers before that was, that was that a wild one no that was a separate time okay but uh yeah we went to reno and south shore and uh yeah, it's uh, always uh, entertaining when you're boozing it and hanging out with uh, girls that are a little wild. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot of alcohol, Mexican wrestling mask. Oh. And, uh, you went fishing with that once. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it's just, they just can be kind of wild and out there on the edge, you know, when you do all that, but you got to. You know, that's back when I was a bouncer. I think it was a bouncer or was a manager. You were a manager? I think it was a manager. Do you think it's more fun to be a bouncer than a manager? Oh, 
10 times better to be better a bouncer. <laughs> Bouncers 10 times, you know, because then when there's a problem, go talk to the manager. You know, there's there's no, nope. you don't have to deal with it. You know, it's, go talk to the manager. Go you think it was, to the manager. Uh-huh. I think I know what his answer would be. Do you think it was worth it to become a manager or if you could go back in time and talk to that other Ian, would you say, no, 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 no just stay a bouncer. No, bouncer. Stay a bouncer. Yeah. Don't step over onto that side. You know, it's, don't it's, go to the dark yeah, side. Ian. It's a lot easier to make your money on one side and stay away from that. Yeah. You know. The last question I had on my list, I don't know if you have any, do you have any other questions? Oh, no, I was just, I wanted to hear about life after, the life after leaving. Is so. there a life after that? This is, this is kind of similar. <laughs> this is life during. How did working at the club, most of you maybe already told the story, but, um, but Steve hasn't. How did working at the club affect like your dating life, your home life, family life, whatever? Like, how did it did it affect at all the, the outside of the club? Life? It was a serious strain on my marriage until she came in the club and realized that I wasn't doing anything with any other girls. Yeah. But up until that point, it was a serious strain on my marriage. I was married during that whole time. That oh. excuse me, that bar. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. He's not happy about it, but but even if you're dating know. girls there, they still accuse you of cheating on them. Oh yeah, when you're not, you know, like oh, what'd you do? Go to some other girl's house, and you're like, it took me 15 minutes to get here. What do you think? I went over there and did a five minute quickie and showed up over here. I mean, they're still jealous of you that you're with somebody else or you're talking to somebody else, I, I and it's just do. your job. That's just. What you do. What you have to do, you know, you have to socialize with, you know, everybody there and, you know, be friends. People are going to flirt with you because they think it's going to get them somewhere, get them some benefit. And still, you could be dating somebody that works there, works the same night with you, and they'll still be jealous of you. The least horny all of us are is when we fucking leave that place. I think it's just the least. 100%. It's just you've seen so much, you're emotionally and physically drained. And it's like, what people don't realize is like, you guys saw that all in the light. You know, yeah. it's like maybe your significant other comes in like during the show, but at the end of the night in the dressing room, it is foul. It is just yeah. disgusting. It's like, I can't, I can't tell you all the names that they had for that box back there. <laughs> like, If those walls could talk. I heard it's They're talking. trying to on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm really fortunate in that aspect because I was, before I even started working there, I was dating and still am uh, with someone who was involved in the industry already. But that was someone that I had known for eight years before that, before either one of us had anything to do with it. So there was already a strong foundation there. And I didn't really have to deal with, uh, you know, her being suspicious of me. Or maybe in suspicious of her. Because we both already knew what the reality of the situation was. and uh, But I can imagine that it would be extremely difficult to... Like, I, I am so lucky. Because it would be difficult to try and meet someone with that as your profession. Even that being something you did before. Like, there are multiple people I knew before I started working there who don't talk to me anymore. Because I went and worked at a 
gross strip club. I'm, I must actually be some kind of yeah. That's actually what I was going to ask. Gross person outside of dating people, you know, friends, family, whatever. You did. Oh, that. everybody has a fucking opinion. Uh, like <laughs> when you say you work at a strip club, everyone wants to tell you about what They're they think about strip clubs, mm-hmm. and none of them know. So you just get people with very strong opinions, uh, educating you about what it's like to be in that environment. Now let me tell you how this yeah, works. A lot of unsolicited advice that is based off nothing. <laughs> Just useless. That's very annoying. I saw this thing on TV on how a strip club would work. You should really try that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got to think when you're like when you're in that in that position too, at all hours of the night, you're getting texts from different girls. Yeah. For whatever reason, asking advice on something or wanting to work or whatever, or saying I have diarrhea, yeah, I can't come in tomorrow. Know. Oh God, how do I've I, heard that one. I've got a I've got a tampon stuck. How do I get this thing out? You know, and it's like I don't stick those things in my dry, ass. I couldn't dry tell you. Nose, but the whole thing is, is when you have somebody and they see those texts from other girls, it causes an insecurity. That makes sense. Yeah, because they think, oh, you're you're hooking up some girl at two in the morning, or you're when really role. it's just somebody you work with that you probably have no desire to even touch in that yeah, way. You also don't want to be getting the text. No, <laughs> yeah, people don't understand. People outside of the industry, and even some inside the industry, don't understand the kind of professional nature of it. That it's not like you're not getting the the customer experience in that environment all the time <laughs> people assume that's why you're there they assume that you're working there for the same reason they would like to go there right and oh that is this is not the be, case this is the yeah. best job this must be the best uh, job the amount, i'd yep. love dude, to get a job dude here. you must love your job so much and i'm like ha 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 it's not boring <laughs> it gives me a headache thinking about it <laughs> like no. you don't want to come back what about you two? Did you have any uh, conflicts no. with like family or like, outside of? No, wife just just my wife. Just your wife. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you got pretty lucky there too, as far as like being yeah. able to get past that little hurdle. Yeah, they got divorced. Oh. See, we're past that hurdle. <laughs> In many situations, that would be a benefit. I feel like it would basically be impossible to try to date uh, if I was in that industry and single. That's yeah, that would just be such an overwhelmingly daunting task. Trying to explain why you work in that place and then deal with the wild insecurities random women would throw at you about it. There are yeah. insecurities there? Uh, I mean, sometimes. I don't want to generalize. <laughs> nice wink. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have anything before we wrap up? I have nothing but to say thanks to backside kegs once again for hosting us yes we're here at backside kegs um on the little trailer that i put on the end of this you'll know where it is and how to get there um so yeah thanks everyone thanks to our guest thanks to our guest who is no longer sitting in the chair oh he's with his cat (laughs) he's being catty oh (laughs) thanks to you cat oh thanks to you brad all right bye thanks everyone Music is by Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. 
Thanks to our host, Backside Kegs. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime. You might see us recording. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. We are a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com.